Say that. Say that. <laughs> last phrase. One more time. It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield and John Maracle. Loud Pipes, episode 95. We have just a host of things to go through tonight. A little bit of housekeeping. We're going to introduce two new segments. And John is planning one heck of a road trip. How you doing, buddy? Oh, wait a minute. I forgot to see it, and then I blew it. Wait, and here's John. Whose ride now sounds like that. What's going on, John? Not much, man. Not much. Thanks for that little audio clip. I really appreciate that. Those exhausts do sound good, don't they? Well, if you enjoyed that, I have two more, if you're interested. Oh, yeah. What you got, my friend? Well, I have another one. At highway speeds. And if that's not enough, I have one just to prove that you can still hear the spider over my bike. Mostly. It sounds Thanks. good, man. It sounds good. Yeah, man. It does. You know, two brother exhaust and can't say enough about it. So pretty yeah. cool exhaust. It looks good on the bike too. It's it's just the right look, I think, for that machine. Yeah, and I noticed uh I washed it on Sunday. No, oh, sorry, Saturday. Uh down by the edge, down where the pipes come in to from the exhaust into the muffler. It's it has gotten the packings burnt and it's the carbon fibers turned brown. Oh, that's what it warned you about, right? Was not, not letting the packing go away. Yeah. So that's where it's at. So hopefully it doesn't spread up. I have purchased new packing. So, so which, which beverage you got for me tonight, my friend, what you, what you got on tap? Oh, nothing for you. Are you, are you bowing out? What's going on? Yeah. I got some Mike's hard lemonade. <laughs> As he looks around for something. <laughs> What's over here. What's within arm's length that I can grab. <laughs> yeah got some mike's lemonade in the uh in the cup all right in your red solo cup yeah very nice yeah solidation tasty well i'm gonna do it up a little bit better my neighbors went on a nice big road trip they went up into wisconsin and they went to line and kugels oh one of my favorites you know i talk about the summer shandy all the time which is a just an awesome summer beer but it's the 100 150th anniversary of the brewery. Oh, wow. And they brought me back a nice mix pack. So I got a couple that apparently they only sell within like 40 miles of the brewery. And I don't know if this is one of them. I think it is. This is Wisconsin Red Pale Ale. Well, cool, man. So Nice and tasty. I thank my neighbor for that. It's very good. And let's see. Mm. That'll pass. That'll pass. Well-balanced, hop-forward, red pale ale. 5.6. Uh-oh. That's oh, a keeper. You'll be, be too drunk tonight, then. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not a can of hop cakes. That's for sure. I do need to get one of those for my wife. 
hop cakes. Yeah. Something for the downshift, maybe. Mm, tonight. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> All right, Johnny John, I guess we will head on to new topics. You know, maybe now we need to blend that together. You know, we need to have the, the deuce with the new pipes of the spider and then mix the Roadmaster in there and get like all three of them. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Racing down the road. I'll see if I can figure that out. Should do that. You have part of, I mean, you have mine from the takeoff there. I think that was up to like um, on a highway since we're not, I mean, new topics. I think I was up to like fourth gear on that. Yeah, I think that was getting onto that one on ramp. Yeah, I think that was up to fourth gear. Where it kind of swept around to the right. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, we've got a we have two different segments we're gonna talk about tonight. So a couple things we want to do to change up the show a little bit. It's not it's not gonna be drastic, but you know, we always try to make original content for loud pipes. That's sort of what we like to do, and that would be things like attending events, talking about what's going on, or you know, demo riding a bike or you know, going on a trip, having some sort of experience to talk about. That's really what we like to do. But then we often have weeks where you know, we don't have an interview and we don't have an event going on. And we're, we often look to news to fill that. And news is not really, is not really our thing. You know, we try not to make things that are, that are super time sensitive. So what we're going to do for two different topics, I'll talk about news first. And that is when we do cover news, and we might do a little bit of it tonight, we are going to do it sort of rapid fire around. So I'll read the headline, summarize the story, and then John and Rico will each get 60 seconds for feedback. And we'll come up with a little buzzer or something to, <laughs> to cut them off if they get long-winded. <laughs> okay. So Sounds like a good, good idea. Yeah, so that's how we'll cover the news, is whenever we're going to do a news topic, we'll do it like that. We'll call it News Roundup. We'll do it rapid fire style. All right. I, I, I think that's a good idea because... Because I, you, we've always talked about the philosophy, like not to go back on what you said, but it's not like any, everybody can pick up the news article, go read it themselves. Why don't we guys sit here and talk about it and hash it out? So, yeah, and I found in the past, I've listened to some other episodes. You know, we're approaching the hundredth episode. I'm starting to look at building a montage and pulling together the year of beer again because I know a lot of people like the the year of beer that we did uh, last year for the anniversary. So doing that again, but as I was listening back to some of the older shows, when it was newsy based, we got a little long winded on some of the topics. So I think the rapid fire will just help keep it concise. We can cover a handful of topics and and then get on with it. All right, man. What you got? For, what's your first news topic? Well, I'm gonna give you the other segment first. Or you want to just do the news first? Let's just do the news first. Then we'll go to the news stop. The second topic. All right. Well, the first one's your baby. My baby. You want to introduce that one with the spider? All right, all right, okay. Since you let me do it, so so the first article, and this has been out for a little bit. We haven't covered it. Uh, Canam has released a tenth anniversary edition. It's uh, in the F three S, the F three limit T limited, and the RT, and they're going to be black with gold trim on it. Okay. And I think if I read correctly, they're going to be only making 3,000 of them. Now, you have to, I had noticed you have to order these. You have to sort of 
lineup and whatnot. Is that true? It is. Theirs is it's very true. They're all gonna have like I said, a handful of them made and they had a deposit that you could have put down. I think by oh no, they had available sales until October twenty fourth, twenty seventeen. So you gotta get them. And they're gonna have embroidered seats with tenth anniversary logo and gold stitching. And all a three right. D tenth anniversary badge on the fuel tank and the the wheels are gonna be um a Y design. If you look at the wheels, they're the Y design. So, different little thing to do a different little model. <laughs> well, now, new format style. I guess when you're done summarizing, you give me 60 seconds. I think that's what we'll do. Well, hit it off, my friend. 60 seconds. All right. So, I've got a timer. And when it ends, you can right. hear a motorcycle sound. All right. All right. All right. So, my take on these, I guess, is style wise, I think it looks pretty good. I like the gold. I like the black, or it's more like a, a dark charcoal. And it was funny that we were talking in the clubhouse earlier today, and Zion sent a picture of the old Trans Am from Burt Reynolds that Burt Reynolds used in uh, Smoking the Bandit. Correct. So I thought that was pretty funny because I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty much what it, what it kind of looks like. But yeah, I like the 10-spoke wheels. Hopefully you can get those as an accessory later because I like that style overall and pricing wise is this going to be any more or less i think it's the same in the ballpark i think it's pretty much the same same okay all right so i like it there's no real changes other than the visual cues and some badging but it looks good i think they did a great job and i don't see john getting one that'll be my my final words i don't see john getting a 10th anniversary because i think you're saving for a f3t um yeah, I'm I'm hanging for F. Oh, okay. <laughs> and real quick to go back, the price is the same. The F3, I'm looking at the F3 Limited real quick. They are the same price. Oh no, hang on, sorry. Uh, nope, nope, nope. They're the same price. Yeah, I noticed no price difference. Just that you have to order one. Yeah, which is kind of good. I mean, they're not doing anything special. So, anyways, all right. That's our topics for that one. So, next. Uh well, the other one. This is you know kind of in the time the timely format and i know sturgis is going to be underway by the time you know by the time this episode comes out so except for the folks listening live it's not really valuable information but we were starting to look at what manufacturers were doing in and around sturgis so we'll be hearing a lot of that next week i'm sure but indian has a ton of interesting things lined up so they're going to have demo rides big displays there's going to be a thrill show there's also the Buffalo Chip TT, American Flat Track Race. So that'll be uh, on the 6th, which is going to happen before this episode actually comes out. And just a host of other things going on. So, John, I'll give you your 60 on what you think about Indians happenings at Sturgis. All right. So my... my, my <laughs> your 60. My 60. So Indians doing a thing of marketing, trying to get the more people into their bikes. I mean, they're they're trying to go out there full force with everything. You know, it's kind of cool that they're they're following suit. I would say, and I've always preached this to get people buy your bikes. You gotta let people get on them, and if they're doing demo rides and doing all that, that's how they're going to get people in the seats. I agree, and and find this if they like or don't like the bikes. I mean, that's that's the only way you're going to do it. Flat track TT. You going to watch this one? Saturday night, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'll try to. I keep forgetting they're on. Well, then by so the time this comes out, we'll already know who won. 
We right. can put it in the show notes. <laughs> It'd probably be another Indian, and and kind of going with that standpoint. I was listening to. All right. Yep. <laughs> my sixty seconds up, my friend. You got another one. Um. Uh, yeah, there it is. Never mind. <laughs> we'll have to work on that little. Just messing with you. Yeah, we'll have to work it out. But the the idea is we'll do, we'll go back and forth. So on a night when we have Rico, we'll get two opinions. You know, we'll get a summary and we'll get some back and forth. It's not as much fun with two, but. Yeah, I guess I guess the other thing I was listening to, I think uh, I was listening to creative creative writing this past one of his past shows and talking a lot about the flat track racing and in Indian and and part of the thing why Indians winning one thing they and we haven't really talked about that is look at who they have for riders. Well, we did talk about that in our racing episode when way back, okay, you know that they did acquire a lot of good talent from Harley and, and other places. So we know they've got the talent and now they have the bikes to back it up. So that's a winning combination to me. All right. Now have, the next. To, to stay on flat track just for another 20 seconds. Are you, have you watched any of it since we first sort of kicked it off? No, I keep forgetting every Saturday night it's on. <laughs> I keep forgetting, you know, I know, listen to some other podcasts. They've had issues with the, with the feeds and stuff. I, I never had a problem with the feed. Yeah. I keep forgetting Saturday night, six o'clock. I've been out, you know, a lot of times I've been out riding last weekend. I was out riding Saturday night, didn't get home till like nine o'clock and you know, I'm not ready to get on it. Yeah. We talked about it a few episodes ago when I, I found the app was updated and they put the fans choice TV right into the app, the American flat track app. So to me, that made a huge difference to not have to go to the website it's just, it was built right in, you know, at least on, on Apple products, you know, the native app is always better than the web experience I find. Yeah. And I have multiple Apple products. I mean, I got the iPad that I could fire it up. Okay. So. All right. Next topic. This might take a little more than 60 seconds because I actually like these and you like this. Yeah. This is a uh, Royal riding. They're launching uh, a Roadmaster seat line at Sturgis. And they are known for gel seats, touring seats, and a couple different options that they have here. I'll just kind of read down the list. They have the Roadmaster Tour, which is for, as your name would imply, this is your touring rider, <laughs> uh, gel seat for the rider and passenger. It's the widest one that they make, and it comes with an optional backrest. So this is kind of like the, what is that option that Rico has? I don't know if that's standard with the Roadmaster. The little backrest he has, or if he had to purchase that, but that would complete the look or keep sort of that stock look of having the backrest for the for the rider. Right. Yeah, it looks pretty similar. I'm looking at the hardware now, so Yeah, it looks like it's pretty similar that you could just sit there and flop it down and it kinda looks nice. I mean Yeah. So two more I want to talk about real quick is the the contour. Um so it's also has a is also a touring seat, but it's a sleeker and lower profile. And comes with an optional backrest. And there's another one called the Roadmaster Detour or Detour. I'm not sure how they say that. Um, so someone who prefers to cruise solo, but sometimes you're taking a passenger with you. There's no gel insert um, in the pillion, but it does come with the optional backrest. So I'll give you your 60, John. What do you think of these? I think they look pretty nice. It'd be interesting for you to try it out and see how if you got one for the deuce i think they look pretty good on the deuce in fact you know um looking at their 
just talking for you is on the bike and the backrest, you know, you got the little lower part and then you got the backrest. So it might help you out with your comfort. Yeah, the backrest for sure. But there's a lot of a lot of other neat things built in. Like they have the relief area in the center. Have you seen that? So they sort of carved out a tailbone area and what they call the boys up front, <laughs> so yeah. to speak. And, and that's that's the same thing with the Airhawk R that I have. Um, there's cut, cut like that. It's kind of yeah, because there's a chamber in the middle that's not there, and then the front is kind of divided out in front for the the boys to help out. So yeah, I think you know seat. Man, I, that's one thing I had to say that seat manufacturer for motorcycles is probably very big because nobody's happy with the stock seats. Not generally. Not a lot of them that I've ridden. And I don't think they pro- they probably going to this real quick is I think manufacturers might put the seat on it because they know, probably not spend a lot of money on it because people know they're not going to satisfy everybody. So just put something there and be done. Yeah. I put my, I think I told you, I put my stock one back on. Yeah. I saw you ago. did a picture of that. Yeah. I rode it for maybe a hundred miles and I swapped it right back out. Yeah, it's I. It's as I remember. It's not a very comfortable seat. I put the the aftermarket one, even though it's from Harley. The aftermarket one, I put it right back on there. But I did keep the. You and I talked about this, John. I did keep the little passenger strap. Yeah, and I think that might help with my luggage. Give me another place to cinch down the bags. Cool, man. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Anything else on the seats? No, I'm good on the seats. I don't know what else, but it's kind of cool. I mean. I like the gel idea. Just visually, I like how the gels are sort of left and right. And like you said, it's carved out in the middle. It, it looks comfortable. And if I had a Roadmaster, sure, I'd be looking at it. All right. So so I'll hit the next one for you. All right. So, and we might have talked about this before, but we'll, we'll revisit this. That at Sturgis, BMW is offering up the K1600 Bagger test rides. And... Oh, Rich is rubbing my hands. Keep going. <laughs> Rich is enjoying this bad boy, and I, and I kind of say that they're you know it's kind of cool to see BMW jump into the bagger line and try to you know bring their bike style over to the to the market. Yeah, it's going to have the sixteen forty nine cc inline six, one hundred sixty horsepower and one hundred twenty nine foot pounds of torque. Mm. Beast. Mm. That would pass up that X Deval S from last week. Hmm. And probably be more comfortable. But what does it weigh? Uh, what does it weigh? Hmm. Well, I'm not exactly sure on that, my friend, right now. Give me a second. I'll go look it up. So here's your 60 seconds. Yeah, What's you, your you look it up, I'll give you my take. So when this came out as a concept, uh, BMW announced this concept. I'm trying to remember the year, but it was a couple years back. And the concept looked pretty cool. But then the production version of this... When it came to market, to me, it was a little flat because it didn't quite have the radical styling of the concept. So I I sort of put it to the side. I was like, eh, it's not what I wanted, not what I was expecting. But the more I look at it, I now have my my newfound fetish for a sport touring motorcycle. I look at the numbers on this thing, the horsepower and the torque, and then just think about all the tech and comfort that at least I think is in there. You know, I haven't ridden this bike, but. This one's starting to grow on me, and I think I'm going to have to ride it. All right. So, so, so I just found an interesting article. I haven't found the the weight of it, but I have found one piece of article that really makes me go, 
Holy cow. Did you see the price on this bad boy? It's like 24, 25. The BMW K1600 bag will be our price for the US will be 1995. So 20k. Nice. Plus 495 destination fee. Yeah, and that's that's X Deval horsepower. I mean, that kind of hit it. I like that. And that they say that six sounds pretty sweet when you get the right set of pipes on it. But yeah, I don't know. We will that's see. That's interesting. And I think we'll have to wait. You have to hit up Charlie one and see if he gets one in. Yeah, definitely. Head back to Motorcycle to Charlotte and give it a try. But the more I look at it, the more it it's something I find intriguing. You know, and I, I like the S one thousand XR as a riding machine. I don't particularly care for the looks of it. It's in that same category as the FJ09. Like it was a fun bike to ride. I like everything that it gives you for the money. And then the S one thousand XR just takes that goodness up another notch albeit at a price but it brings more to the table and but i just i don't really care if it looks now the this k1600b is a little better looking i think than those other two bikes in terms of a sporty touring bike and the unladed weight is road ready full field is 741 pounds so let's see it's lighter than the roadmaster it makes yep. way more power. Yeah, it's gonna have way more tech. Yep. And, and here's the next thing: dangerous Dave just threw it out there, and that's cheaper than the Indian. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like 10k less. So, so we'll use the statement from the salesman the other day: if you went and bought Rico's Roadmaster, you could buy that and then go buy FJ for two and have two bikes in the garage. Yes. for the same price. Yeah, absolutely. Two different styles of bikes. That's. BMW hit that one if they if that's and and like you the ex Deval that you rode you're in the market but there was really no storage on that bike. No, that's yeah, that's not a long haul bike unless you're you know mailing your stuff across the country. But I don't know. The other thing too is the bags on this uh, this BMW the this K1600B. I don't know how much stuff you can get in those bags. I think they've they've taken style over function on the on at least on those side bags could probably get a top case for it either from them or aftermarket but this is kind of growing on me look, it is look wise and i know we're over our 60 seconds but the price mark really in my opinion 20k i thought it was more than that that's that's more even more attractive yeah all right go back to my red pale ale all right you go back to red pale ale. all right <laughs> we have one more news article and then we'll be done with this yeah, because I'm excited for the next topic. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I know you are. So as I was scrounging around for some news, um, Honda's announcing the Goldwing is going to get an overhaul for 2018. Say what? Yeah, it looks like they're going to be changing some stuff in the front end on the front forks. So what the biggest news is that they're going to do. Now, is this all new or is this, yeah, this is a completely new bike, huh? They're doing a major overhaul. I think they're going to do, you know, um, has fallen behind in its peers in recent years, and Hondas, Hondas are set to re radically shake up the market with the all new 2018 bike. Traction control, engine modes, quadrant APS, and integrated information system. Our base requirements are um our base requirements now. 
I would agree with, with the that. firm dual clutch transmission. What you think? All right. Well, since I'm on the clock, I will say the people that ride these bikes absolutely love them. I haven't ridden one, but it just always, to me, looks like too much bike. Um, I mean, maybe if I start doing that kind of touring, I might look at something like this, but just always look like too much bike. So, you know, from a market perspective, I, I can see it. It's, it doesn't particularly light my fancy. But like you said, everyone ha- now has, well, not everyone, but a lot of bikes now have that cornering ABS, you know, engine modes, traction control modes. I don't know. Are they definitely doing the dual clutch on this one? Well, they're talking about that. And, and the bigger is thing still is still a rumor. I would think they're going to do it. And I think the bigger thing is they're changing the front steering, the center, the hub center steering. So they're working on changing how the front steer is and front wheel is. Yeah. At least in this picture. And, and this is a motorcycle news um, article written by Richard Newland. Yes, Jeff published this yesterday, so that'd be the second of, of August. So, yeah, I don't know. the The picture makes that front end look weird. I'm I'm not digging that style. I'm sure there are benefits to it, but stylistically, it, it doesn't even go with the bike. Yeah, for me. So I don't know, and maybe that won't make the final bike. That as I as I read a little farther, some of this is still speculation, right? As I was out the past weekend, like I said, or a few weeks ago when I was out in the mountains, there was a guy on a on a Goldwing, and he tore that thing up. It is a bike I need to ride, though, just to experience it. And then the big Valkyrie as well. And what is the other one? The F6B, is that what they call it? It's kind of yeah. their bagger version of the Goldwing. Yeah, it's a naked. It takes off the back seat and kind of makes it more. I've seen it in, at the, in the dealerships, and it's... It's a nice looking bike. It's not a bad looking piece, yeah. But the but the full on traditional Goldwing, that's never really appealed to me. Yeah. But I will I will ride it. Why not? Right, ride everything. Why not? Let's hit it, my friend. What's what's your new topic? Oh, I was going to say thank you, sir. That was an interesting way to cover the news. And like we said, we may do. We're not going to do that every week, but when we get to talking about news, I think we're going to try it in that format. Just introduce the topic to do about a minute or so each person and and try to keep it a little tidy. Damn it. All right. Now I'm ready for this new topic because I think this is going to be kind of neat. Yeah. And this first one is going to be, is basically going to be a whole nother show. We've, we've already sort of previewed this basically around my, my sport touring fetish. So our new segment that we're going to be starting is called Spend My Money. <laughs> And the idea is we're going to take a scenario, either a scenario that we create or uh, something that we get from, you know, any of the listeners out there. If you want to send feedback on this or send us a scenario, we'll be happy to take it up as a topic. So the idea is you're going to have a budget and you're going to have a set of requirements. And then John, Rico, and I are going to offer you one new and one used bike as consideration. So you'll possibly have up to six to pick from, but you'll have at least two. So even if the three of us pick the same new bike and the same used bike, you know, you'll have somewhere between two and six to pick from. All right. Initial thoughts, John, before I get into the details? I think it's going to be fun. I've thought about this for you. 
but I already know where you're lying. So I know I know that you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be the first one up. I already know where you're lying. So I am. But but this is the kind of thing we talk about all the time, either in the clubhouse or when we're not talking or after the show. Yeah. We we always go through and and banter back and forth with. You know, oh, I'd like to get this kind of bike. I'd like to get that kind of bike. Oh, if I had this much money, I would get a different bike. You know, if money is no object, you know, I'd get a Modus. And we always go back and forth like that. So I thought we would just formalize it into a topic. So here's what we're looking for. So the basic requirements will be budget. So we need to know a budget. And we're just talking about the bike. We're not talking about setup fees, sales tax, registration, dealer prep, all that nonsense. Just the cost of changing hands for the bike itself, not including any extras. Okay, what's the price? What's the budget? I'll get there. Hold on. I'm going to give you the rest of it first. All right. So we need a budget. We also need your riding style. How do you like to ride? Spirited, slow, meandering, breakneck fast, track days, two up, solo, you know, that kind of stuff. What's your, what's your most frequent riding style that you're putting into consideration for the bike? And then a couple of other things we would be looking for is any preferences or must avoids. So if you're like, well, I'm, I'm really a cruiser guy or, you know, I really can't stand inline triples that make my hair stand up, you know, let us know that kind of stuff as well. All right. This one's going to be easy, isn't it, John? Mm. So scenario number one. All right. Scenario number one. Let's go. I'm an early 40s rider. Okay. I've been riding for about, I guess, 20 years, give or take. Or no, th- this person has been riding for about 20 years. <laughs> Starting on a dual sport and the last eight years or so on a cruiser. Mm. I'm now looking for a little more sport. And oh, now? Yeah, some, you're, you're really screwing this one up. And some touring potential. <laughs> I would like not to spend more than $10,000. And in terms of this type of bike, no brand loyalty. Hang, 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 hang. Back up. Say that, say that <laughs> last phrase one more time. Because like, I got to re- have this on the audio again. It's what, all what being recorded, say? John. Just, just repeat it again. Just repeat it again, my friend. Did I hear no brand loyalty? For this type of bike, there's no brand loyalty. You guess. Exactly. Wow. <clears throat> <laughs> if you guys could see John's face. <laughs> yep. Ah. He looks dumbfounded. Sport touring bike, huh? Yeah. Hey. And we're not going to do it tonight, but th- so the idea I know is we're not going to do it tonight. So so I'll work on it for you. I'll come up with more options for you. Well, you can only pick two. You have to but pick a new a bike, bike for you. Oh, I got to go find a used bike. And a used bike. Let's see what can I find here. So the ten thousand is you know is a, is a guide, right? So now, do you have a age limit on the used bike limit? No, nope, no requirement there. Fuel injected or carbureted? Oh, I should add one more little detail. Actually, I'm sorry, two more details. I prefer something something with more character is more important than a spec sheet. You know, meaning I'd rather have the engine, the bike, the personality have a little something to it than it's just the most powerful one in the class. All right. Uh, and, and one should, more. 
All right. What's one more? I don't really like chain drive. <laughs> Just to make it difficult for you. It's not a must avoid, but I really don't like it. Hmm. <laughs> now you've completely fallen off your chair. <laughs> No, no, I know where I gotta go. I just gotta go see what model I gotta <laughs> find you. I know what brand it'll get you. Uh, I actually found the one, and I'm gonna put it in the show notes. All right, now the next, next question you didn't answer: Spirited, what, what type of riding style? And is it solo or two up? Solo, spirited, not track focused. Okay, all right. And I do want to do longer trips on it too, so that rules out like an R1 kind of thing because I need luggage. But yeah, so that's the idea. So when we do one of these, we'll introduce the scenario, you know, either something we create or something that somebody sends in, and then we'll cover it in the very next show. Well, I would say within the next one or two shows, we'll cover it. Just in case we have like an interview or something, we're not going to interrupt it with that. But yeah, that'll be the idea. So next episode, John. Yes, sir. So you and Rico will get the, we'll send him a smoke signal so he's aware. Okay. And then he can pick two bikes for said person as well. All right. All right. Sounds like a good idea. I like it. I'll have to go find a bike for you. All right. You do that. And before we head into U-Turn and other topics, let's take a moment to recognize the people that make this lovely show possible and remind everyone who would like to join the Riders of Loud Pipes, take a visit over to loudpipes.net slash donate. And this is John's words, not mine. It's okay if you choose not to join. There's nothing wrong with riding on the back. I think you coined that phrase, didn't you? (laughs) Wow. Did I really? All right, so let's thank our riders before we get off to that U-turn and other topics. And there's a quick housekeeping note on the Patreon site is that we have officially closed the first five support level. Duh, because the first five was closed a long time ago, but we're just now taking it off the site. And the first five people will still retain their title. And we're just going to mention it as part of their current reward level. So let's kick off the thanks with first five riders. In the barbershop level, that would be Jebby and Zion. The rest of the barbershop riders would be Chuck, Mike, and Chris. Thank you guys for that. And first five riders in the riders group would be Marcus, Rickard, and Edward. The remainder of the riders group would be Steve, Micah, Jim, Kenny, Roger, and Dangerous Dave. Yeah, man. In the live stream. Good evening, everyone. They are. And our insider, Darren. And Darren is by himself, so... Again, let's get him some friends in there. Loudpipes.net slash donate is the place to sign up for that. Select a ward you are most interested in. Johnny John. Yes, sir, my friend. Brother Bacon reached out to us through the website comment system. Oh, yeah. Brother Bacon. And he's, what, what, what did Brother Bacon have to offer up? Brother Bacon from Bacon's Broken Bits wants to know if I've had a chance to ride Harley's Roadster. Oh, have and, you? And I have not. Oh, 
But the interesting thing is this lines up nicely with Triumph's Bonneville Bobber. I've looked at it. It doesn't look, it's got a little character behind it. A little, little, little different. It looks like it's kind of a short wheelbase though. Well, what, what they've done is remember they've, they've given this some additional ground clearance for better handling. So it's not as low as, as the other sportsters, but I get where you're coming from, from the, the short look on it. The low bars do that too. Yeah. The bars are really low on this, but the thing I like about the Roadster, and I had sort of forgot about this bike. When it first came out, I wanted to ride it, and then I didn't, and I sort of put it aside. The thing I like about it is its performance potential. So it has the inverted forks, dual rotors in the front. They have the, I forget what they're called, but they have the good shocks in the rear, and it has a good amount of ground clearance. I think I definitely need to ride this one now. I think you do, and and that should be a pretty easy little trip run over to the, you know... Should be, should be. Harley dealership and slap in there, and they should let you on one of those bad boys. Now, price-wise, it's right in line with Triumph's Bobber. Yep. And performance-wise, I think the torque is... It's it's within five or so when I was looking at it earlier. It's It's right there, but it's a little heavier. Might be as much as 50 pounds heavier than the Triumph. Right. And it's not water-cooled, so that's the other the other big difference. But yeah, money-wise, I think spec-wise, it's, it's pretty close. It might have a little better handling and performance because of the forks and the, the braking setup. But otherwise, I think I need to ride this one, and soon. Okay. Since, the, you know, while the bobber is fresh. That, that would be a smart idea. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe I'd just be sick. <laughs> you know, and just go to the dealership. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's going to be real hard to do. Wake up, sore stomach. Oh, can't come in. Oh, you mean you can't go downstairs? <laughs> I know, right? My commute is like 16 steps. Oh, man, that's so hard. 32 if I want to work in the basement, I guess. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> So what do you think? I mean, look-wise, you like the Roadster? Yeah, it looks pretty cool. It looks like a nice bike. I, I think it looks a nice-looking bike. I, I think it's better than than the Indian bobber, if you want to get down to it. Yeah. Um, but I still have to say, I still like to look at the Triumph. I do. I do as well. But this one, performance-wise, is speaking to me, at least on paper. So I, I'm very curious to try that. Cause it, you know, where Bacon was coming from is my statement about how I felt the Triumph would be faster or be quicker than the 1200 Sportster. So now we need to get the butt feel on the Roadster and see if that's the case. Right. So like I said, about the same amount of torque. They don't list, Harley doesn't list horsepower, uh, but it is a, a wee bit heavier. Right. Hmm. So. A wee bit. That was it. Just wanted to mention that from Bacon. So thanks for the comment. Appreciate it, buddy. Yes. Yes, Bacon. Thank you for listening to our show. And I also want to add that I want to take the Street Bob, I want to take Harley Street Bob off the list of this comparison because I don't think that competes head-to-head with Triumph's Bobber. You know what I mean? Yep. Because that's a it's a bigger bike, much bigger engine. Uh, it's like three thirty five hundred dollars $3,500 more than the Triumph and the Roadster. So 
Yeah, the the thing you gotta look at is you want to keep around the I'd say the ten k range, close as possible, because most of these bikes are your daily, just you know, run around town bikes. They're not going to be your, you know, long haul bikes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have another U turn topic, and this this could almost be a topic unto itself. So I was looking back through the notes in one of our monthly video hangouts. And I believe it was Chuck who said this, and he's on the live stream, so he can correct me if I'm wrong. But the question was, as a show topic, how long would it take for me to ride to Costa Rica? (laughs) Given that it's 3,450 miles away. Um, Hey, wait, why are you laughing like that? First off, (laughs) you can't make from here to Barber (laughs) without 20 stops. 20? So, So... so, so how do you think you're going to get down to Costa Rica to see Rico? Well, I have a plan. You want to hear it? Well, I'm ready to hear this plan. I got a plan. You want to hear it? Here it go. Let's hear this. Let's, let's bang this out. All right, let's go. If you take Google straight up from right. my house to, I just did uh, San Jose. Um, I don't have an exact address for Rico, actually, as I was looking through it. Um, so if I just went from my house to San Jose, Google says 3450 is the mileage. 68 hours of drive time. Mm. So you needed to pretty much make that 90 hours on a bike. Oh, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> I'm being honest. You always told me, take the time and add, you know, a little extra. A little extra? That's like 50% more. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, so let's see. <laughs> Which is what I've always eight. said. You're right. <laughs> so, so, so I'll give you 80 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. How's that? That make you feel a little better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's here's what I figured out. So the most I've done in a single day is about seven fifty. And when I go up to Pennsylvania, it's a little over six hundred fifty miles up to where my parents are. All right. So I figured, okay, it can't be that far. So I capped the first day at six forty. Six hundred and forty one miles. Will get me to Biloxi, Mississippi, with nine hours fourteen minutes in the saddle. So, when you want to take that ride to Biloxi, Mississippi? Oh, hold on, hold on, it's day one. Okay. If I can get a good amount of sleep, wake up refreshed, and click off another six eighteen the next day with nine hours in the saddle, I'd be at Corpus Christi, Texas. Okay. Twelve hundred miles in two days already sounds like a lot. Already sounds like a stretch, and I haven't even got to the last day. <laughs> well, let's go. But go. Right, so stay- but stick with me. So the, fir- right. the first two days, all highway, basically, right? Charlotte, just big roads to Mississippi, all the way to Texas. Yeah, you got that. Then it slows down. Yeah. So then I figured day three would basically just get into Mexico. Um, I have a stop about 450 miles from Corpus Christi, puts us in around uh, Tampico or Tampico. Not sure how they say that. That's eight and a half hours in the saddle, roughly. Uh, Okay. Okay. Then, still in Mexico at the end of day four, would take me down around the state of Tabasco area. If I could make 585. But now the roads get smaller because it says that's going to be 12 and a half hours in the saddle. Mm. That's a long day for, isn't it? That's a little bit. All right, but stick with me. Stick with me. All right, I'm sticking with you. 
I'm hanging in here. Day five. Yeah. Got to think about it because we have two countries here. Cross the border into Guatemala, and then you'd be, it would be 450 miles to the border of Honduras. And if I can stretch it out a little bit and get down to San Pedro, then you can start picking up name brand hotels like Hilton's and stuff like that. But that would be 519 for day five or 13 hours in the saddle. And that doesn't include what you might have to do at border crossings. And it doesn't include stops and, re- you know, all that. So this is like best, best case scenario. All right. Day six likely would cross the border into Nicaragua and perhaps get into the northern part of Costa Rica. Um, at this point, you're still 600 miles from San Jose. So, you know, not knowing what the border crossings and stuff would be like. Let's pick a hotel just over the border, and that would be 472 for day six, still 12 hours in the saddle. Mm. And for day seven, yes, seventh day of riding, no rest for the weary. It's still 166 to San Jose, and then I think Rico's a couple hours yet from there. So I can I can answer that he's three hours. Is it three hours? Okay, three that's hours. that's what I thought. So that's going to be another 100 and a half, probably, give or take. So that's the 300 mile day again, or 350. You got a long day, my friend. So, so <laughs> I'm going to ask you the first question. <laughs> you going to do that in a deuce? Dangerous Dave's a trip. Remember that roads and Honduras and grammar aren't best for Harley. Yeah, so, so so yeah, so Rich, are you going to be um, taking us to Harley? I don't think I'm going to be doing it at all. But it was fun to look at the map. <laughs> what you don't want to do that? I do want to do it, but I don't want to ride through, you know, Mexico and Honduras with my my Harley. I, I'm enjoying Kenny's comment. Yeah, well, I'm not going to do it alone. That's for sure. Not through that yeah. part of the world. I, I will honestly give kudos. I know uh, other podcasts have had people that have ventured into other countries, and I give kudos to them for doing it. I could not do it. I mean, it all it all sounds fine and dandy until you realize, you know, you're not in your home country. I don't speak the language, and I and you know nobody. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like if you don't have a support team. That's just a huge risk, I think. Correct. Some people have done it, and kudos to them. It's not something I would do. I mean, I think it would be fun to do as a group. You know, if you had, a, let's say, four or five guys to do this trip, that might be fun. Especially if you get someone that goes with you who can at least speak the language and perhaps knows the area. That could be a ton of fun. Yeah, I think it could be. If you got somebody that knew the stuff, yeah. Yeah, especially border crossings, because, you know, let's admit it, the U.S. isn't liked everywhere. So, you know, it's not going to be a cakewalk going from foreign country to foreign country. Like, going from the U.S. into Mexico, I don't think is that bad, and then coming home. But, you know, once you get below that, you know, you're outside the comfy confines of the USA. Yeah, I don't know. I know then there's paperwork, what paperwork has to go involved. Um, You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Fees and and just the cost to make this kind of run, like, you know, what you'll use in fuel and perhaps maintenance and border crossings and stuff like that. So have to figure all that out as well. And that's the other thing that we talked about before this was what bike would you take? I mean, 
I would throw out an ADV bike and you threw it out. The KLR is the perfect example. And that's why a lot of people that have done this have used the bikes. You know, you don't need the high octane. They're, they're bulletproof. The engines have been around. Yeah. The bikes are bulletproof. Well, KLR maybe once you get to Mexico, but you know, the first couple of days on the interstate, I don't want to ride that bike. I mean, I guess you do. You, you suck it up to get there, but yeah, that's, that's the kind of bike I would feel comfortable sort of doing that around the world trek on. Right. And like I said, it's bulletproof. It's flat rock, simple to work on, you know, carbureted, basic electric system, spoke wheels, chain drive. I mean, you could fix any of that along the side of the road and, and pick up parts almost anywhere. Yeah. Um, the other thing <laughs> that you could uh, do going down across the United States and once you got to Corpus Crispy would be to put on when you left Charlotte, put on street tires. Then when you shoot down there, put on, you know, more of a 50, 50 tire because you probably know you're going to be hitting more dirt roads. So the knobbies wouldn't be as bad on you yeah. on the interstates, even changing the gear out. Yeah. Run like a 50, 50 tire, run like a 50, 50 tire most of the way and just gear it uh, somewhere in the middle. I mean, you, you could ride from here to Mexico without taking the interstate. That's very right. doable. Right. You could do that. Just takes a little longer. <laughs> I like, well, Chuck says, um, remember the phrase, donde es el baño, but that's, that phrase is only useful if you've mastered the phrase, mas cerveza, por favor, because then you will need el baño. <laughs> and John's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. No idea. Cerveza in my hand. Oh. And oh. then you need a trip to el baño. Oh, okay. That's about the extent of my Spanish. Don't feel left out. Yeah, well, and the guys are saying that you should just fly and rent a bike. Amen. I think that's the solution. Take a small carry-on, get on a jet. It's a four-hour flight. Get something when I get there. Yeah, because there's dealerships, as Rico has found, in San Jose. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I'd love to do the trip, but realistically, that's not going to happen in seven days. It's going to be at least 10. Probably 10. 10 to probably be 10 to 14 days, depending on yeah. crossings and weather and mechanicals. And yeah, and Dangerous Dave says plenty of water. It's going to be hot too. It's a whole nother climate. Yep. Maybe we should go north. Maybe Alaska is what we should do. We'll take Mike with us. Now, now I'll be game for that one. You game for that one? I'll be game for that one. That's that's a trip. So what about you? Would you be interested in a, a multi-country trek down through Mexico and beyond? Unfortunately, no. You, you're not down with that? Not unless there's a big group and they know the stuff. Kenny's in. You going to take the GS, Kenny, with your new flat bars? <laughs> And then he gives me crap for uh, not having the R6 put together. And he's changed handlebars in, what, nine months? Well, has he even started it? <laughs> They're on. The handlebars are on. Has he started the bike? I don't know. Does it run, Kenny? Has he, has he ridden it down the street yet? We can harass him in the downshift, but... Yeah, we'll harass him downshift. So, so yeah, interesting trip, Rich. Rico would love, really love to see you. Yeah, but if we want to hang out, like like the guy said, we should just fly and get a bike down there. Which means we got to get two bikes. Correct. 
All right, I think I'm done with that. Take a little strip over, strip, a little trip over to the garage. Well, you're not going to talk about my trip? You have a trip? Yeah, don't you know about my trip? Okay. Uh, I guess you don't know about my trip, huh? No, you know about my trip. You're just holding it. So here we go. Since we have some people in the in the live stream, this is going to be an interesting one. So get a little backstory here that, as you guys know, I've talked about the Moto Amino app. That's great for meeting other riders of motorcycles. Well, one of our one of the guys I ride with, Irishman, he lives here in Raleigh, and he is originally from Massachusetts. So a few weeks ago, he mentioned, hey, anybody want to take a ride up 95? I was like, all right, well, when are you going? What are you doing? So the plan came out that he wanted to go off to other states to meet other Moto Mino people, members, and do meetups. You know, ride 150 miles, stop for an hour, have the area people come out and chill and visit with us. So it came out that we're going to go to Rich, we're going to leave Raleigh, go to Richmond, go north of Baltimore, and then we're going to end up out to the out by uh, Brick, New Jersey. I don't remember the town out by the Jersey Shore. Well, that's Plan A, and we're supposed to leave. We're going to leave the Saturday. This Saturday, like tomorrow. Yeah, or that two was days from now. Plan. Yeah, like Saturday. There's going to be. Up, stay, rest, turn around, come back on a weekend. Wow, to Boston and back in a weekend. No, on, no, 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 on the no. bike, Jersey, Jersey Shore. Oh, Jersey Shore, which is near Brick, is like seven hundred mile, around seven hundred miles. Okay, and then when hang you were on, talking hang on, hang on. to somebody about Jersey Shore, they went, yeah, yeah. So I was talking to Ted. Ted, I've been commenting, saying, "Hey, Ted, I'm going to be over there. I'm going to be." Here, hey, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be home and could meet up and lead you guys in. Well, Irishman wife informed him he had a wedding on Saturday he had to attend. So he pushed it to the 12th. Same plan. And then, like the next day, he goes to me, how much farther north would you be willing to go? And I'm like, well, oh, what do you mean? In a weekend. And In a weekend. And he's like, and he goes, Mass. I'm like, oh, okay. Because he's originally from New Bedford. So I said, well, I do have Friday off from work because it is my flex day. So you get to add, what, 700 miles, 600 miles one way and add one day? <laughs> <laughs> so we have worked it out <laughs> that next Thursday night, Friday morning, at 2 a.m. Friday morning, we are <laughs> getting on the bikes. I'm meeting him in Rocky Mount at 2. So I have to get up a little earlier than that. Meet him in Rocky Mount, and we're going to New Bedford, Mass, all one day. What? How many miles is it? 800 for me. Okay, that's doable then. Is that all it is? 800 miles? 800 miles. So, since we're sitting here, chatting, hanging out, there is plans, so we're going all the way up to uh, New Bedford in one day. We're going to leave on Saturday mm. around noon. We're going to head over to Connecticut, and then we're going over 
to someplace in New Jersey and Dangerous Dave and Zion that are in the area, boys. We are stopping in Harrisburg for the night to um, meet up with a fellow motomino rider that was in an accident, in a motorcycle accident, and we're going to stop and see him. On that's part of the reason. So, so there's a few things that are involved. There's a place up there in New Bedford that has best, as Irishman says, the best fish and chips. So we're going to go there. Okay. His um. So there's a few missions involved. Uh, the other one is to take a photo of his grandfather's house before they tear it down because they sold the land. Hmm. And to meet, and the biggest reason is to meet other Moto Mino members. Okay. And talk about it. So that's that's their deal. And he also wants Moxie, which is some soft drink. Irish is the, the curator. Correct. Of the He's Moto a curator Mino. in Motomino. He just got promoted. Now, Dangerous Dave has a great idea. I know. I saw that. I know that. 200 more miles and you get the iron butt. Harrisburg Dave is going to be the 12th, which is a Saturday night. So we're supposed to be meeting in like in Harrisburg. And my plan to do, we're coming up on Friday. We're going up the same way. We're going up to Harrisburg and then across over to New Jersey. We're trying to miss as many toll roads as possible. Gotcha. But I think we're going to end up going over to GW. 20 bucks, right? Yeah. And I, as you're talking about planning, I have got the easy pass. Of course. To make my life a little easier. So, so Dave, it's going to be the 12th of Saturday, and it's going to be at the night we're going to hit in there. Um, and then the plan is is gas stops are around uh, Allen, or Allentown, Eastern area, both ways. I have kind of on Friday and Saturday. There you go. Can two bikes ride side by side for one transponder? <laughs> I, I do not know. I don't know. That'd be um, interesting. I, I watched some YouTube videos on how the transponders sometimes on bikes don't hit very well. Well, I got to tell you, remember the last time I was in Raleigh riding with you and we were on that toll road? Oh, oh yeah. How much? 10 bucks? It was only a couple of bucks. But the funny thing is the photo they send you of your plate, it was just like a black photo with a, a white square in the middle of it. There's no way I could tell that was me. All you see is the plate. Well, hopefully it wasn't too expensive. No, no, it was only a couple bucks, but it was just funny. It was like, yeah, here's a photo, you know, to show that it was you. And I'm like, where? All I see is the plate. Yeah, that could have been on anything. Yep. So yeah, so that's my that's my plan. That's next weekend. So wow. And and to talk about planning, if anybody ever does it, what I found with Google is Google lets you on the maps set if you do single destination to set your departure and your or your time that you want to arrive and it gives you based on their analytics the time it's going to take you and the routing you know if things the routing, change the best route yep and you can see they show little bumps of you know red sections and stuff so i tried to miss dc but as soon as i missed dc we hit new york city traffic so that's why i had to bump it yeah. up so early well the the other thing to keep in mind with with google is yes they do route you around things but you have to be careful about that because sometimes it'll suggest a new route because it's only saving you like five minutes right and i and i know that yeah and where you guys are traveling 800 miles i mean five minutes is not going to make or break the trip right the the piece that's going to be the bad part is we're going to be hitting 
Upton, you know, northeast, no matter what, I'm going to hit traffic, and we're going to hit traffic in Providence, New Haven, Connecticut, and getting into Providence. So the arrival time, I'm pretty much leaving at uh, 12.30 in the morning from my house, meeting him at 2, and the plan is to be to this restaurant in Fairhaven by 7 p.m., and we're getting in at like 6.30. And that's with analytics. So we're supposed to be meeting the Massachusetts crew. He's told him to get the butts out there and meet up with us. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so that's a cool thing. And hopefully at one point I will a teaser for everybody. I will try to work on getting Irish and on the show for us. Yeah. He's been on the Mono Meal with some live streams and the audio has not been very well. Sorry, Irish, but it's been kind of rough on their live streams. Yeah, we'll get them set up for sure. Yep. So that's my trip coming up in two weeks. So with that being said, sir, we have to make a decision of early show or punt next week. Probably just do it Wednesday, if that's all right. Or Tuesday, whatever day we were talking about earlier. All right. And and, and hello, Mr. Roger Slacker. Hope work's hurting you. Uh, let's see. We had a, one quick garage topic. We have a second for that. Yeah, man. Let's talk about the garage topic. All right. It's not much of a topic, but I just wanted to say that Ted from the Motorcycle Man did give us a little feedback on his testing of Surma, Surma Oil or Surma Lube, whatever it's called. And Rico had asked about it in the last episode, you know, if if that's something that he should look at. But um, Ted's been running it, I think he said about 1,500 miles or so. He's had it in his bike, and so far he said he can't really notice a difference. So we'll yeah. have to we'll have to get a further update on him when he drains it and and see if it's picked up any you know any sediment or soot like they talked about because I remember the early interview he did with the guy where he said that after not too long the oil would be black and then you drain it change it again and then eventually you, know, you put the treatment in you're good to go but yeah I do know Mike from the from our list riders group he called the summer guy and was talked to him about it and. He was going to do some test with a chainsaw, yeah. with this chainsaw oil. And the same thing, I I emailed back to Ted. You know, I read on a, a spider form talking about the BRP engine and people talk about changing oils. And they designed oil just for their engine. And the comment came back is that, you know, BRP spent um, many millions of dollars researching the oil for this that engine. Yeah. Or if you take why not mobile, use it, right? If you take like mobile, they have to design the engine for every engine and technology. So same thing like the Harley. Harley went out, found the engine oil that works best in their engine, in their bikes. Well, but if it's better oil, it's better oil. I understand why people do change, but but yeah, I'm the the same way with the Harley oil that the way I understand it, it's made to their specification. Right. You and know, I know... They give someone a spec and they say, this is what we want, and they make it. And I know that um, we have people that are... This is a topic of oils like tires like we had before that <laughs> it's, it's a hot, around. hot topic. Hot topic. So we'll, we won't get into the hot topic. Everybody has their opinion. Hot topic. I know, uh, not to throw it out there, but I know Zion uses royal... Royal purple. Yeah. And he loves it. So I couldn't find, I've tried a, a couple different parts stores in Charlotte. I cannot find the 2050 
royal purple anywhere. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And I would say that's the other thing that I would throw out, like with the the spider one, we were down in Charlotte and I carry a quart of oil from threw out from Ted that it depends on your oil. You might not be able to find your oil that you need for your bike, so you better make sure you carry something with you. So okay, so talking about oil, I did get a filter for the R six and I went to look at oil for that. And the synthetic what they call it's not sport bike oil, but it's it's not like the V two. They have some that's branded like V twin, and they have others blended like like sport or super sport or something like that. But it's like sixteen dollars a quart for what I need. So it's going to be like fifty bucks in oil to change that. <laughs> and and that's where we'll back up and talk about me changing my oil on the spider. By the time I go buy the parts and everything for the spider, it's. 80 to $90 for oil and the filters. Yeah. So another few dollars. Yes, it's well double the price. Another, it takes them an hour and a half because all the plastic. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking almost $200 for an oil change, but half of it's in oil and they know what they're doing. So, well, it's time, right? Like we've talked before, you know, I haven't wrenched on the Harley forever because I don't have the time. I have. I have money to pay them, but I don't have time to do it. Right. And then to go a step farther in the spider change is also they connected up to the KM bus system to make sure there's no updates that are needed for the bike. Right. Because it's so computerized. And I think one, two times ago, there was like they had to take an extra 15 minutes because there was an update. Yeah, true. So there's new updates that they come up with new changes for the bike. So, I mean, I get those. Otherwise, I wouldn't get them. Cool. So, all right. Yeah, I can't wait. So the I've done a little degreasing on the R6. That's just about ready for the, the new chain. Like I said, I'm going to change the oil. Rico and I were talking about maybe doing plugs, but I don't know that I'm going to mess with any of that this go around. I think I'm just going to drain the oil, put fresh oil in. I'm going to drain all the antifreeze, freshen that up, and just kind of degrease around the chain and put the new chain on. I think if that part's done, i got to do one fork seal. And then it should be on the road. So I'm I'm hoping by fall, when I get back from vacation, we'll put a little more serious time into it, getting it on the road. No, I don't remember. Did we talk about the chain breaker last time? We did, yeah. The last show? Okay. <laughs> we did. All right. <laughs> chain breaker, a.k.a. grinder, cutoff wheel. Yeah. All, All right, right, my friend. I think that's uh, good for tonight. Yeah, a couple of events. Looks like John, at least, and... Maybe me, if I can work it in there. We'll do the Ray Price Capital City Bike Fest in September. Sweet. And we're working on something that I can't say, but we are working on something exciting for the show. Since we're possibly, or since we're not off to Barber, we've been talking about doing something else. So that's all I can say right now. We're working on something. And I'm also putting together the Details for episode 100, which is going to coincide with our three-year anniversary. Woohoo! Probably Labor Day or shortly thereafter, somewhere around there. And like we said, this is going to be a live event somewhere, somewhere besides my basement. And that way people can join if they want. And like I said, we'll probably have a call-in line as well. And not really topic-based show, just uh, probably hang out and, and have fun. Yeah. Sounds good, man. I think that's it. So before we sign off, 
I would like to again thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support, several of them in the live stream tonight, so we appreciate that. And we just encourage everyone to check out loudpipes.net slash donate. Uh, Natalie is working on, I guess, find final details on the t-shirts and things. We should have the store up and running here shortly. Just, just to talk about the store real quick, I'll give two plugs. We have ordered new koozies. Sweet. Some new koozies, and they are going to be double-sided printed this time. Thank you. And number two is we're going to be getting in some die-cut stickers. Nice. So same logos last time, but we're going to have them already die-cut it out. I'm not as I gave, gave them out to people. I totally recommended to cut them, and that was such a quick turnaround last time that we didn't think about that. So. Yeah, it makes sense. I like the sticker. I think the size is good. Maybe we could have gone for the four-inch sticker, but I think this one works. You can put it more places. I like the three-inch because I think you got motorcycle men's four-inch, or I saw uh, Mike has a four-inch motorcycle men sticker on his helmet. It was just, I thought it was too big. Yeah. Well, because it's just two letters, maybe it would work okay with ours because there's more text. Maybe. Hmm. I still like our three-inch. We'll see. Next time. I like our three-inch. Anyways, so there's a store update on that. Okay. And all the members of the barbershop, of course, get the swag pack every year. So everything we get for the season, we'll package that up and, and send it along. All right. Additional information for this episode, including links and images, can be found on our website. That'll be loudpipes.net slash 95 for this one. And you'll find links there to leave us feedback, subscribe to the show, the best way to keep up to date, and follow us on social media. All right, John. No Hogan tonight, so kick stands up. Chapila? Chapila. We could throw one of those in there. Chapila. <laughs> All right. Take care. Good night. Night. Night, John boy. you for listening please consider supporting the show we offer generous rewards for your contribution find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate <laughs>